right, here we are. Welcome to the Stronger Stride podcast. This is the solo series with yours truly, Sophie Lane, and we're going to be talking about hybrid training today. Now, before we get into today's topic, I want to give you a little bit of a recap on where things are at for myself, my training, um, and what I am going to be doing this weekend, which is a little bit uh, left field. Um, for this podcast and a little bit left field for my own training journey but you guys know that I love an event and I love just being involved and participating in things so tomorrow Saturday 12th of August I'm going to be doing Hyrox, which I don't know I don't think it's an acronym I don't know what why it's called that but anyway if you haven't heard of it look it up it's H-Y-R-O-X um, and it is a functional fitness race so you do a one kilometer run followed by a station and you repeat that eight times. So there's eight kilometers total with eight different stations interspersed. Now the stations are a one kilometer ski erg, a 50 meter sled push, 50 meter sled pull, 80 meters of burpee broad jumps, one kilometer of rowing, 200 meters of farmer's carries, 100 meters of sandbag lunges and 100 wall balls. So that's what's happening. I signed up for this on Wednesday a few days ago and I knew a few people were doing it and I had like heard about it a couple of times over the last couple of months. Didn't really give it much thought. was like, oh, that's kind of a cool idea. But I knew it was City to Surf weekend. Didn't really get around to thinking about it anymore thoroughly. Uh, And then I got a message from Michaela who's doing the doubles and she reminded me that the entries were closing I think the next day and I was like okay I'm just gonna bite the bullet I'm just gonna do it they all the advertising says it's for everyone it's made for everyone all abilities all the movements are very accessible I know I can physically do each of those movements and I know I can run so I figured I'd be able to complete it and participate anyway got all excited as I do really pumped ready to go went to sign up and the opens category was full now there's opens there's relay there's doubles and then there's pro um the doubles and and relay i hadn't organized a team for so i was planning on doing open which is kind of the one i wanted to do the whole time i was like i want to do the whole thing i don't really want to split it up with someone um so opens would be best anyway opens was full so the only option i had was either well two options don't do it at all or enter in the pro category now the pro category obviously sounds very daunting um you don't need to qualify for it. There's no prerequisites. It's not like a a running event where you need to kind of enter a time or anything to be in the in the A group or whatever. Um, it's just a free-for-all. Anyone can do anything. And I messaged Michaela and said, is the pro like actually pro? Like is it proper professional athletes like CrossFit Games athletes and big, strong, muscly people or like why, what's the difference? And she said, well, the weights are just different. So in the pro division, the weights are heavier. So the sled push is 150 kilos. The sled pull is hundred kilos. The lunges are 20 kilos and the war balls are six and the farmers carry a 24 each hand. Um, the opens are a bit lighter than that. So I did a bit of Googling. I did a bit of YouTube tutorial watching. There was lots of reviews about all the events and stuff. And lots of people had said that they should rename it to heavy and light because there's no difference apart from the weights. So I got a sense that you didn't actually have to be 
very elite or at some sort of extra level to do the pro, you just had to be able to have the strength to do it. And some people might choose through the open because they know that they'll be quicker and they're a bit lighter and they're not as strong. Or some people might be a bit stronger, but maybe not as good as the cardio stuff and then might do the pro. So I started to kind of reason with myself and thought, okay, well, maybe it's not as bad as I think it's going to be. Maybe I won't be out of my depth. Now, I have to be completely honest with you. I don't care about losing. I don't mind losing. I'm so happy, especially when it's something like this where I haven't trained for it at all. Let's be real. I've not done any specific training. I haven't thrown a ball to a wall for over a year. I haven't done any sandbag lunges. I haven't done any sled pushing or pulling except for two days ago when I tried to attempt and see if I could actually do 150 kilos, which didn't go very well, let me tell you. Um, Yeah, and obviously I run and I occasionally do a little bit of rowing, a little bit of skiing and that's it. Anyway, um, anyway, so I just signed up. I just did it. I thought, why not? It's good to be spontaneous. Good to try something new. Good to step outside your comfort zone. All those good things. I've since been panicking, (laughs) to be honest. I've really been panicking. I stacked all these weights on this box at work and tried to push it. And I basically just couldn't move it for a good few seconds. And then I slowly like could move it a couple of centimeters. But what I've I've since thought about is the fact that the box, that plyo box in the gym actually is quite heavy. Like it's quite hard to pick it up. So it's got to be a good 10... 15 kilos, like it's quite big and bulky, hence it being hard to pick up. But I think it's it's a couple of kilos and I put 150 on top of that. So it's going to be a little bit more. And also it was just a box. So there was nowhere for me to like hold on to any poles to push it. And it wasn't designed to be pushed like a sled. So I'm hoping the real sled has a bit less friction. It's a proper weight. It's on a nice smooth surface because my biggest fear not is not losing, but it is losing by a long way and being left behind and being lapped and finishing 5, 10, 30 minutes after everyone else. That is my fear. I, When I was younger, I did nippers and I was doing a board rescue race with a friend. And I can't remember if I was the rescuer or the, I think I was the rescuer. So if you don't know board rescue, basically someone goes out into the water and I was going to say pretends to drown. They don't really pretend to drown. They just kind of doggy paddle out there and then you have to go and pick them up on your board and bring them back in and it was the last event of the day and we took forever I just remember like me trying to get her on the board and she'd get on and then we both fall off and then we I couldn't get back on and then she couldn't get back on and there was this whole thing anyway by the time we came back in they'd packed up the finish line everyone had gone home and it was like they just had forgotten about us which is kind of what I'm imagining to happen now it won't happen because my event is the third event of maybe 10 or something So there'll be lots of people coming and I'm figuring and I'm hoping that there's a bit of overlap. So the average time, Google says, it takes people on average an hour and a half. So the elites are kind of like sub one hour and then the back of the packers are more like two hours. So most people sit somewhere in the middle and the events are staggered. So every half an hour, there's a new event starting. So I think it'll all kind of blend into one. No one really know who's who. And I don't, I shouldn't really care. It shouldn't matter, but it, it does matter. I feel like I just don't want to be completely humiliated. And I also just want to be able to push the sled. Like imagine if I get to it and I just can't move it. That is my worst fear, I think. But I think with the adrenaline, the excitement, (laughs) a bit of grit and determination, surely I'll be able to do it. Um, Anyway, so that's tomorrow. Very unprepared, very nervous, like a different type of nervous to a running event. Because I feel like with a running event, I know I can do it. I mean... Thinking back to Bondi to Manly 80Ks, I'd never run anywhere near that far before. So it was a bit unknown. 
but I think it's just way more familiar where this is just like so I've never done any kind of event like this before I've done a little bit of CrossFit training for probably I don't know less than a year when I was living in Newcastle and then I do like some like two functional fitness classes a week so they're like a few of the similar movements but just nothing to this level so I'm hoping the running part which is half of the event gets me through um but we'll see. Anyway, I'm hoping also in this episode that I can give you a little recap because I'm recording this Friday night. The event's tomorrow morning. This episode will go up on Sunday. So a bit of a tight time frame. But if I manage to squeeze in a few minutes, I might give you a little review of the event and let you know how it goes. Um, but it's exciting. And it's reminded me about hybrid, tra- hybrid, I can never say the word, hybrid training and how that is quite a thing at the moment. And it seems like it's a new thing everyone's talking about. I mean, it's not that new, but it is definitely topical at the moment. There's a lot of people doing some sort of cardio conditioning, running, swimming, bike riding, triathlon, plus some sort of strength training, weightlifting, CrossFit type thing. So I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about. There's a little bit of research as well on what they call in the research as concurrent training. So where you're doing some sort of aerobic exercise and some sort of strength exercise. And there's a lot of papers that have looked at the effects of that and whether you can whether you can do both and whether you can kind of get to your maximum or train optimally for both or whether there's kind of this interference that happens. And um, it's an interesting topic. And I think if you were an elite athlete, then obviously you have to be super specific with your training and it needs to be very dialed in and very specific and focused on whichever energy systems you require and whichever, I guess, fitness modalities you need um, and kind of very specific training principles. But if you're just an average Joe, recreational runner, recreational athlete, weekend warrior, then I think hybrid training does have a really nice place in most people's training schedules. And I think it's a really nice way to get some cardio and strength in. I think those two things we know are just so important. We know that cardio is fantastic for all sorts of things, our heart and lungs, our general health, our metabolic health, our longevity, our lifespan, our health status, everything, right? We also know that strength training is fantastic for our bones, for our muscle, our bone mineral density, our heart health, metabolic health, just everything, right? So those two together, I think I would hate to pick, I would hate to only be able to do one. I think they're both so valuable and both as important as each other. And I think if we can manage to do both, I think it's just an optimal way to train. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about the pros and cons. I want to talk about how do you actually structure this type of training. And then I want to give you just a little bit of an overview of an example kind of weekly structure that you can follow. Um, I'll link below some of the research articles as well that talk about kind of the interference. But I don't want to get too caught up in that because I think the benefits outweigh the non-benefits, the negatives. Um... And I would hate to say, no, you're not going to get optimal results out of either of them. So just do one because I just don't think that's true. I think for for 99% of us, this is how we should be training in to some degree. Like I think it's a spectrum. I think some of us might do a majority of strength training and then a little bit of cardio. And it might be the other way, other way around for a lot of us as well. Probably mostly cardio for most of you listening. But what I'd like to talk about are the pros. Or before we get into that, what actually is it? So as I said, some form of strength training, some form of aerobic training. So it could be a number of different things. CrossFit and F45 and those types of um, uh, group training settings, I guess, have kind of progressed this sort of training modality. Um, And then there's a few new events coming up like High Rocks. There's an event um, from Melbourne Strength Culture called Push Pull Run where you do 
I think it's like a max squat, a max bench press and a one mile run. So there's a lot of these things popping up and I think it's a really interesting space at the moment. So some of the pros or some of the positives with doing hybrid training is firstly pretty obvious, but variety. I think variety is really important for our sanity, for our enjoyment. Um, And also when it comes to injuries, I think it's really, really important and something that runners tend to miss quite frequently is having, I want to say a backup plan. Maybe that's not the right term, but having something else going on or having something else to do. And I don't mean, you know, having another hobby or having a job or having friends, like all those things are really important. But what I'm talking about is if you're a runner and you, I don't know, break your leg, let's just go really extreme. You snap your femur, (laughs) okay? And you can't run for X amount of weeks or months, right? What are you going to do? You can't run. And if that's your only sport, if that's your only physical outlet outlet if that's where you get a lot of your kind of mental relief from stress relief from you can start to deteriorate you can really struggle and and feel lost and not know what to do so I think if you are someone who already implements some form of strength training or a different sport or a different activity then you've got that to fall back on and obviously breaking your leg it's quite limiting but you could still do bench press you could still do bent over rows you could still do so many upper body weights you could do some core stuff you could train the other leg There are so many things to do, but if you find yourself in that situation and then have to start figuring out, well, obviously I'm going to have to rehab this leg, but also what am I going to do to keep myself sane, keep myself fit? Is there some sort of off leg conditioning I can do like a seated skier or some sort of swimming? Um, I think having that backup option is just so vital for mental health for runners because it's just so common for people to feel so lost and so like they've got a lack of purpose when they're injured. There's just... If running is all they've got in their priority and then it's taken away from them, it's like, what do I do now? So I think the variety is really, really important. I think it can be fun too. I think it's nice to have different stimulus. It's nice to have different environments, meet different people. I know a lot of runners are quite fearful or maybe hesitant or avoidant to go to the gym, but I think you've just got to find the right gym for you. I think there's so many different types. There's the commercial 24-hour gyms, which for some people can be quite intimidating because there's not a lot of support everyone's kind of doing their own thing you've sort of got to figure it all out on your own then there's the group fitness classes which can be intimidating their own sense because you're walking into potentially a really clicky group environment where you might feel a little bit outside of the group then there's personal training which obviously comes with its cost there's so many different different modalities or different ways to do it you can train at home so many different things but I think you've got to find what works for you you might love the camaraderie the competitiveness the the environment of being in a group session, or you might just prefer to just do your own thing. So I think figuring out what works for you. And if you've had some experience in the gym or doing some sort of strength training in the past and it hasn't quite worked out, I think don't just rule it all out because there are just so many different ways, so many different types. You could do Pilates, you could do a boot camp. There's so many different styles of exercise. So I think keep searching and you will find one that works for you. And I think you will really enjoy it. I think in terms of injury mitigation or injury prevention or, um, just being a well-rounded individual so not just when we get injured but in order to kind of limit our risk of injury variety is really good we kind of need this this fine balance between consistency and variety where we're exposing our body our tissues ligaments muscles tendons bones to lots of varied stimulus so are we running on grass we're running on concrete are we 
running in minimal shoes? Are we running in really high stack cushion shoes? All those things are great, but can we also throw in maybe some power movements? Are we doing some box jumps and some plyometrics? Are we doing some really heavy, slow, low rep resistance training? Are we doing some swimming or some bike riding? All these different stimulus give our body variety, okay? That way we're kind of, it's almost like bulletproofing is such a buzzword, but kind of creating a really resilient, robust, well-rounded system and body to then handle whatever comes our way, okay? I think it makes logical sense to be as prepared prepared and well-rounded. And you might end up, like, it depends how, how into this you get, but you can end up being a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, a master of none. But I think that's okay. I think if we're not Olympians, we don't have to be so specific and so niche and... I guess, what's tunnel vision on one particular thing? I think it's nice to be broad. Obviously, that has its cons as well. As with everything, it's not black and white, but I think having that that nice combination of both within the week is really, really helpful. Some of the cons I just mentioned, lack of specificity. So it could get a little bit broad. It could get a little bit um, murky waters where maybe you're, you know, training volume has increased. Maybe you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot of stuff in the gym. You're doing a lot of stuff in, on the run. You're doing a lot of cross training and all of a sudden your training volume's increased and maybe then you're at risk of injury because you might have low energy availability because now your training volume's increased and you haven't increased your calories to match. You know, it does have those risks as well. So I think we've got to do it smart. We've got to make the right changes. But I think realistically, if we are casual runners running three or four times a week and we do one to three strength tra- strength training sessions a week, we should be pretty safe and good to go. Um, I guess the other con along that same uh, frame of mind is it just takes a lot of time, right? And we might be super busy and you might not be able to fit everything in. So I think being really uh, mindful and efficient with our sessions and making sure we're getting bang for buck and we are having, you know, really intentional movements, really intentional exercises, being quite specific with what we choose to do so we're not just kind of wasting time faffing around okay um and then the interference issue which i'll link to in the research i'm not going to go into too much but basically just more talking about how we might not be optimally training or getting 100 percent out of each of the modalities if we are doing kind of equal volumes of them okay so just a couple of things to think about in terms of pros and cons i think coming back to it I really think the variety is just so crucial. I know we we encourage you all to strength train to some degree, but I think if you're doing strength training at home and you're just doing some calf raises and some single leg sit to stance and some hamstring, like all of that is just so fantastic and we all need to be doing that. But I think you could also join a group class or you could also go to a CrossFit class or an F45 class or something like that. And I think adding that variety could be really, really beneficial for so many different reasons that I've just spoken about. But how do we actually structure this? How does it look on paper? How does it look in the calendar? How do we figure out when to do everything? We don't want to overload the body. We want to spread things out nicely, but how does it actually look? So ideally, the research suggests if you're going to do multiple sessions in one day, they should be at least six hours apart. Now, this just isn't always practical. If you are someone who works from, let's say, 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. I don't even know what hours those are. But if you start a little bit later, basically, and you get home later, you're probably not going to want to go out for a run at 10 o'clock at night, okay? So you're probably going to need to get all your training done in the morning. And if you happen to have two sessions on that day, they're going to have to be back-to-back. So let's do a little bit of a hypothetical. If you are someone who has that where you 
either start really, really early or you start really, really late at work or you've just got commitments in the evening or commitments in the, in the morning and you can only do one. How do we choose what to do first and how do we choose which sessions to put together? Now, I think it's relatively logical, but we're not going to put a really heavy max strength session followed by a really intense VO2 max interval session. Okay, so if we are going to be putting sessions together back to back, we need to make sure that one of them is lower intensity, easier effort, more of a recovery type session or a lighter accessory type session in the gym. And then our other run could or our other session could be more of a moderate intensity. I don't think many of us should be doing double days every day, but a couple of double days is probably going to happen if you are starting to do more of this style of training. So just being mindful of the intensity at which your session is and when you're placing those throughout the week. So if you have to do both at the same time, which do you do first? Now, I think in general for runners, when we're looking at a runner adding in some strength training, I would pretty much always suggest to run first and then do your strength training. Oh, it's it's so controversial. I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I think for me personally, in terms of injury risk, in terms of getting the most out of your run, I think being fresh is really important because if you were to do a, a, a leg session in the gym or a heavy session or some form of strength, which you might not be that used to, and then you head out for the run, you're going to be more fatigued. Your form might degrade a little bit, and I just don't think you'll get as much out of the run And I think in terms of risk, injury risk, the run is more risky, I would say. So I think get that done while you're fresh and raring to go. And then you'll kind of be warmed up, loosened up, raring to go for your second session. And I think as well, as I said before, if we're doing doubles back to back, the run or the gym session shouldn't be super intense or fast anyway. So I think an easy jog before could be a way to go. Now you could argue completely opposite to that and you could say that doing the strength first is way more important because if you've just done a run and then you go into the gym and you're trying to max out your squat 5rm you're going to be fatigued and you're going to kind of reduce your ability to perform there so you could definitely argue either way and I think something to really consider when you're figuring this out is which one is your weakness which one have you got more experience in if you've been running for 10 years and you're only just introducing the strength training, then maybe it's a good idea to do the strength training first. So you can really focus on your form. You can get the most out of your lifts. You can lift as much as possible for that session or whatever your focus is. And then you can just go for a nice easy jog afterwards to stretch the legs, have a bit of a cool down, a bit of a recovery and get everything flowing and enjoy your jog. So you could definitely argue either way. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think it's very nuanced and specific to each individual, which I think is where a coach comes in. So If you need any extra help with your structure of your training, with your programming, we've got Training Peaks and Team Builder and all sorts of access to different training platforms at Sydney Performance Lab and North Shore Running. And I would love to help you. So I'll link some links. (laughs) I'll link some links. I'll put some stuff below if you want to book in or have a discovery call. We can have a chat about how we can help you. Um, But I'd love to help with your training structure. It's something I really love to look at someone's calendar, figure out what they've got going on the week and then really put certain sessions in, certain sessions in that fit into your lifestyle because I think cookie cutter programs just don't work. Anyway, that was a little tangent. Um, I think, so firstly, we want our sessions to be spread apart, apart if we can. If we can't, we need to figure out what is the key session and are we going to, which one are we going to do first? Thirdly, I'd be looking at managing your volume. So how much can you actually do? If you've got heaps of free time, it doesn't mean that you should be training 
four or five hours a day every day. Just because you've got the time doesn't mean you should. I think we all probably went through this in lockdown. I remember thinking, okay, well, I'm still working, but I can't go out and do all these other activities that I normally do. I can't go to the gym. I can't do this, whatever. So I've got the morning and the evening free. So why don't I just run for an hour every morning and every evening? Or why don't I do a strength session in the gym all day? Like, why don't I just exercise all day? And you soon come to realize that that's just not possible. I remember my housemate was had COVID and I didn't and she was locked in a room pretty much and I was just at home and that's when I did the 24-hour run challenge. But you really just do think you can just, when you've suddenly got all this extra time, like, oh, I could just train all day. I could just run all day, but you can't. Okay, so we need to figure out what is the volume that you can handle. And it's a tricky one. It's one of those ones where sometimes you don't know until you've done too much. But I think slowly building up, not adding everything in all at once is a helpful way to do it and figuring out what you can recover from. I think this also comes back to the structure is if you've got a really stressful week, maybe on your Tuesday, you've always got a meeting, which is quite stressful, or you've got family commitments that are really stressful, or there's something going on at that kind of early part of the week. And then later on the week, you've got a little bit more relaxed. You've got a little bit more time. I think lining up your sessions to match what else is happening in your life as well not just what's happening for your training but what else is going on in your life can be really helpful and putting those intense sessions when you've got a little bit more time so maybe on the weekend and then easier sessions when you've got those busier longer or more stressful days so what i would think about is your big rocks okay so if we're looking at a hybrid athlete someone who for this example is doing some running and then doing some weightlifting or or heavy resistance training I think personally the key rocks, the key sessions would be a long run, unless they're someone who's doing more sprinting focus, but I'm thinking more of a 10K to marathon runner. So we'd have a long run, a speed or interval session and a heavy weights day. I think those three would be my key sessions. And I think the reasons for those, or I know the reasons for for that is they are the most taxing and the most demanding on the body. So we need to think about those as kind of like the big, most important, less negotiable. I was going to say non-negotiable, but I think everything's negotiable to some degree. Um, but they're the, the big ones that we really want to prioritize. And we want to build everything else around that. So once you've figured out, okay, long run's going to be on Sunday, speed session's going to be on Tuesday, and my weight session is going to be on Friday. Okay, so we've got a little bit of time between each of those. Obviously, it's not perfect. Having seven days in the week kind of grinds my gears. I wish the week was 10 days or five. I'm going to, that sounds silly because then we'll be working for too long. But you know what I mean? If it was a nice, even flat number flat number even number i think that would make things easier so you can also go into a 14 day cycle if that suits your brain a little bit better but basically in general spreading out those big sessions whatever they are whichever is your most taxing most demanding most exhausting session make sure you spread those out and you're not having those back to back then once you've got those locked in i would then start to add in the accessory sessions so in the gym when are you doing your car phrases your hammy bridges your Uh, what am I talking about? Single leg, sit to stands, your glute work, your core work, all the little extras that are really, really crucial and more of those kind of prehab or specific running drills and exercises. When are you doing those? Because they're less taxing, I'd say, than the heavy squats, heavy deadlifts. Are you doing those on the same day as the heavy day or are you spreading those out throughout the week? When are you doing your easy runs and are you doing any off feet conditioning or cross training? Okay. So swimming, cycling, rowing, ski erg, those kind of things. Are you doing that as well? And when are you doing that? And I think while we're on that topic, I 
really love putting in my conditioning sessions or I really love doing those I do them at a gym called optimal lab in crow's nest and I really enjoy just having that I can just turn up I know I'm going to work hard I know it's going to be cardio based but it's not running okay so I think it's really nice to have I get as I said a different stimulus something to mix it up throughout the week add some variety add some fun get a good adaptation and outcome from it but just something slightly different and not so high impact okay so just a little different stimulus Um, So I really enjoy those sessions. So that would kind of be what I'd be looking at as kind of your extras. So easy runs, cross training or off-ground conditioning and accessories. So I would add those in around your big rocks. Okay, I have to interrupt this recording because, oh my goodness, the Matildas just won and I am just, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. And I recorded the first half of this yesterday and I was going to finish it today. And I've got so much to say. I've got so many updates for you, but I'm going to make this quick because it's 8.30 night and this episode needs to be out at 4am tomorrow. So firstly, shout out to Marinda for just reminding me that I had to record this because, oh, there's just, I don't even know where to begin. I did high rocks today, which is what I was talking about earlier in the episode. And it was brutal and I'll talk about it soon, but I bumped into Marinda and she was like, oh, I can't wait to hear about this on the podcast. And then she sent me a message before I just said like, how'd you go? Blah, 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 all that stuff. And she said can't wait to hear the podcast and I went oh my goodness I haven't recorded it like I just I've completely forgot I was very distracted by partly just feeling absolutely destroyed and wrecked and just completely ruined from the competition and secondly the Matildas were playing and it was very very exciting and stressful and we won in the 10th penalty shootout like what that was just it's been a day it has been a big day we've got a big day tomorrow city to surf but I just want to give you a recap on high rocks and finish up this episode so as I said earlier the high rocks was a 1k run and then an exercise station and then we've repeated that eight times and I was somewhat accidentally in the pro division and I was definitely definitely not a pro I haven't done any functional fitness or crossfit competitions before I hadn't pushed a sled done a wall ball probably done any 20 kilo weighted lunges any farmer's carries or any burpee broad jumps most of those never but all of them at least not this year until a few days ago where I'd practice like two reps of each of them I literally did a burpee broad jump in my hallway just to be like oh actually how do I do this um so very unprepared very out of my depth very much like rookie absolute rookie not a professional not a pro at all but the opens was full so what do we do Anyway, turned up, got given the wrong wristband. So there's wristband for the women open and then the pro women and the open men and then the pro men because each of those had different weight categories. So I was in the same weight category as open men and I was given this white wristband. I was so sure that I was meant to have silver. So it was a little bit stressful. I had to go back and then had to try and like rip this wristband off. But you know, the ones you get at festivals and stuff where they're kind of like locked on. So I had to go find some scissors, cut it off, then get the new one. It was all a bit chaotic, which is just, you know, there's always something like that. Nothing ever goes smoothly. Um, anyway, we got over that, did a little warm up, and I practiced the sled in the warm up area. The sled was my main concern because it was 155 kilos, and I just thought, what if I just can't move it at all? Um, and I had a little practice, and it actually felt okay. And I wasn't quite sure if that weight was the right weight. I assumed it was because we were the next event, so I figured they'd have the right weight set up, but I couldn't really tell because all the plates were black, and I I don't know, couldn't add it up. Um, but it felt good. The pool felt good um, and everything else was fine. So went to line up for the start 10 minutes early and then you go into this like start starting shoot and it's like, it's so weird. It's so, It was all very dramatic. It was all very over the top and like theatrical. Um, so you're in this little finishing or starting shoot, sorry. And 
there's a big countdown screen counting down from 10 minutes basically and we're in there and there's like this music like the greatest showman music playing and lights flashing and I'm standing there with 22 of the professional (laughs) pro not professional pro level athletes and they're all like doing the little stretches like jumping up and down and like they're all in crop tops and booty shorts and they've got like big abs and like big biceps and like quads of steel and they just look legit and I'm like feeling very out of my depth um I chatted to a few of them they're all pretty nice um and then it just the countdown went forever you know normally for a running race it's like ready set go but this was like 10 minutes nine minutes eight like the whole thing and then they had this voiceover telling like saying you've been training for this for years and now it's your moment and I'm like I've not been training I signed up three days ago and I pushed one sled this morning and here we are um I was just hoping my running would get me through anyway did the whole countdown thing the pro division was live streams they had all these cameras happening and it was all it was a big show it was a big deal um we did our three laps and it was a bit confusing because you had to go out through the out arch and then you go around one time and then around again and then you go in through the in arch on the third lap and I was just a bit confused and they had a screen showing kind of how many laps you had done and that was really helpful and I thought my GPS would help but because it was indoors it was all a bit wrong anyway um, anyway we went in did the ski erg which was the first movement and that was fine like that was totally fine I think I was fresh I've done ski erg a little bit it's cardio aerobic base so I was pretty happy with that one I was kind of sitting I don't know like around 10 to 15th oh no I don't know maybe further back 20th um at that point everyone was kind of together at that point and then they were commentating so you could hear like first place is 100 meters away from finishing or whatever so I was a few hundred meters off and then the people started finishing they went out did the next lap so I went out and did my next laps and then it was the sled push which is the one I was dreading the most because it was the heaviest I had no idea if I'd actually be able to move it and I just went up to it, like took a deep breath, went up to it and just pushed it and started pushing it and it started moving and it was moving fine. It was so like it was heavy and hard, but it moved and it was four laps of 12 and a half meters. So did one lap, took a breath and then I tried to like do a different hand position, but because I hadn't really practiced with the sled, I didn't know what was the best position. So I tried a different way, didn't work. So repositioned, went again, did that four times, did the run. The run was like a bit tough after the sled, like legs are pretty heavy. And then the sled pull was really good the first two laps. And then my hands got really sweaty and I just couldn't grip the rope. So that was a bit annoying. And I asked someone for chalk, but the chalk was at the other end. I was like, oh, not going to waste time going to get that. Um, but the weight felt fine. It just was really slippery on the rope. Went out and did the run and then came back in. That's one, two, three, four. What was next? Oh, the burpee broad jumps. They sucked. Like burpees, I've always hated burpees. I mean, I don't know many people who love them. I feel like Lydia might enjoy them somewhat, Um, but I definitely do not. And so I knew that I I knew they were going to be fine. I could physically be able to do them, but I just knew I would hate it. And I knew it would probably take a lot longer than some of the other stations. And it did. Like the first few were fine. And then I just got sick of it and I think just there's something about going all the way to the ground all the way back up like it just I just found it quite exhausting and really hard and then trying to do the jump and you're trying to jump as far as you can and then making sure you put your hands in the right position so you're not cheating and all that stuff anyway did that then did the run and then it was on to number five which I'm all I'm a bit vague with all of it let me just check Okay, yep. So it was the row next, which I was kind of looking forward to. A lot of people online had said it was almost like a recovery station because you're sitting down. It's not too intense. But again, I've just found the sweaty hands. Sorry if this is a bit TMI, but really sweaty hands. I just couldn't grip the handle. So I was trying to like, I don't know. I just felt like it kept slipping. Um, 
And I also didn't know which damper setting to put it on. I just left it on the six, which is what it was set up on. Because I hadn't practiced, so I didn't know whether to change that or not. Um, but yeah, that was fine. Pretty easy. I'd kind of dropped back a little bit from the burpees. Um, but I wasn't last. So this was the whole thing. I was thinking the whole time after the sled push, I'd just be at the back. And I wasn't. So I was like, oh, I might actually like be in this and not be completely on my own. So did the row. That was fine. Came back out and then went on to, I think, the lunges. Let me double check that one. Uh, no, farmer's carry next. I liked the farmer's carry, except, again, the sweaty hands. This was the thing. Like, my lungs felt fine. My legs felt fine. But I, my sweaty hands, like, I just, I couldn't hold anything. So I put chalk on at the start. And then I was kind of, like, speed walking. And I speed walked past this lady. And I think she was pretty annoyed. And I went straight past her and, like, did a whole length. So it was 80 meters total. So I did 40. And I knew that I'd have to do this, like, sharp turn like hairpin bobby pin turn at the end so like i'm gonna put the weights down there because i'm gonna slow down to to turn anyway so i'll put them down and just like take a breath like try and shake my hands dry them off a bit i'd kind of like got rid of all the chalk by then anyway and then pretty much had to break it up into sort of 10 to 20 meter sections after that because they were just slipping out of my hands um anyway tick that off did the next run still feeling like this is i think from the burpees onwards or no, sorry, maybe more from the lunges onwards. So the last two, I genuinely thought I was going to throw up. So we went, did the run, came back, did the lunges. So you got to pick up a 20 kilo sandbag. I firstly just didn't even know how to pick it up. So I just like did a little like clean, picked it up, threw it over my shoulder and just, there were lots of handles on it. I didn't know where to put my hands. I was very uncomfortable, but I started and then I tried to reposition it. But if you put the sandbag on the ground, you get a three minute penalty. So or five minutes or something. So I didn't want to put it down, but I couldn't work out how to reposition it. And my arms were burning because they were just like squashed in the handles. Um, and I found the lunges really hard. I just, I think just the accumulation of everything else. I don't, haven't been doing a lot of lunges. haven't been doing a lot of any of that position really because of my hamstring for so long. And certainly not 80 meters worth with 20 kilos on. So that was tough. Um, and I just felt like I couldn't breathe and I felt like I was going to vomit and I was trying to figure out how I could like get to somewhere to throw up (laughs) sorry about the info um without dropping the bag I was like I'm gonna I've got to keep the bag on so maybe I can like lean over the fence keep the bag on and then carry on and I genuinely was so close like I just thought this is gonna be like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it like I'm just gonna have to let something out because I didn't I felt so on edge the whole time Anyway, I just like closed my eyes and just carried on and just got to the end of lunges and then I just like took a breath and walked a few steps. And in my head, I was like, I just want to run all the laps. Um, like I, I may as well run the laps because I feel like of all the things I can run, so I should be able to just do those. But I had to walk for probably 20 meters or so just to make sure I kept everything inside and got my heart rate down a little bit, just chilled. And then I just started jogging and I was like, oh gosh, like everything is hurting. Everything is struggling. And this would have been like, an hour 10 or so in so it's like total time was an hour 35 which isn't that long in duration compared to other things I've done but just the sheer intensity like that my heart rate was so high for so long and I was just completely redlining it was it was a weird experience because it's one of those things it's like you look at the workout on paper and if you didn't really try that hard and you just kind of jogged the runs and then took the stations easy like it wouldn't be that bad but it was the fact that everything was at like maximum effort and maximum intensity there's like commentators yelling at you there's this whole stadium there's a dj it's like the environment and that atmosphere really made it 
like you really want to push yourself and I think as soon as I realized I wasn't going to lose I was like well like how good can I go how far can I take this what like what time can I do anyway did the run after lunges like jogged quite slowly knew that the war balls were coming up and that I would find those quite tough with the accumulation of the fatigue and 100 war balls um so I took the jog pretty easy got to the war ball I think I did 10 the first go and the lady was yelling at me higher higher and I just didn't understand because the way the wall ball works is there's a target you've got to hit and there was a target at the top for men and then I thought a target at the bottom for women and then in the in between those two there was like the high rocks logo and I was hitting the bottom one because I thought that's what I had to do but she was yelling at me saying I had to hit the like the middle bit which I still don't know is correct I'll have to I mean it doesn't matter but I still don't know is quite correct because apparently all the other people well not all but the people that my friends could see were doing the lower one and I didn't really, I don't know, the judge I just found, she wasn't very helpful. But then the I was I was basically in this section where like the top 10 people had all finished and then the last people weren't at the war balls yet. So there was me and two others and I had Zach and Michaela and Matilda and uh, Harry and a few others cheering, which was so nice. And then all of a sudden the commentators got on board and we saying my name over the microphone and yelling at me and telling me like do sets of 12 and I'm like I can't like I literally I'm gonna vomit like if you I just can't so I was doing sets of three for a while and I just couldn't get anywhere out there like come on five or six or whatever and like they're yelling at me and then they I had my strongest ride single on so they said like the strongest ride podcast will like they'd want you to keep going and I'm like mate I am they like I am the one and yes I want me to keep going but like I genuinely do you want me to throw up on you? Because I don't know. I just, I couldn't. I just, yeah. Anyway, so I broke them up quite a lot um, and then got to 89 or something and just finished the last ones and just like hobbled. The, the finish line is right there. So I kind of hobbled, hobbled over, collapsed on the ground, stopped my watch and I was just so unwell. I just felt I was, I yeah, just, it was a lot. It was just really hard for really long and most of the stuff I've done in the past is either like a 5k or a 10k where it's hard but not that hard and not for that long or it's just really long and the intensity is just not that like I've done you know ultras where they're you're out all day but the intensity is just so much less so it was an interesting feeling being like above that threshold and having to maintain that so an interesting experience I'm really glad I did it I like hated a lot of it and it was really hard but it's one of those things it's like you do a marathon it's hard but you go and do another one because the feeling you get afterwards and satisfaction and the camaraderie and the environment and the atmosphere. And I would really, really recommend there's one in Melbourne in two weeks if you're keen, or I'm hoping that they'll bring it back to Sydney next year. And I'd really like to actually train for it properly and practice some of the movements beforehand and be slightly more prepared and try and get under the 90 minutes, I think would be a good goal. Um, so yeah, that is my High Rocks recap. I know that's a little bit left field, but there was eight kilometers of running in it. So I feel like it's still on brand. Um, so thank you so much for listening to my recap. I hope that this episode was okay. Sorry, it was a little bit random. We had a little bit of info at the start and then we had my dramatic storytelling at the end. So I'm going to take a breath. I'm very hyped up. Big day. Matilda's have won. But in summary, I think hybrid training is fantastic. I think if you're a runner, get in the gym get doing some weights do some group classes go to pilates or a group fitness class or f45 or crossfit or anything like i just think mix it up add some variety 
And I think your training will benefit so much from it. So thank you so much for listening. Good luck to those who are doing City to Surf today when this episode comes out. I will be doing it, but I have no idea in what capacity. I'm really interested to see how my legs feel tomorrow. I'm still feeling quite unwell. I feel like I've got a big headache. I don't think I've drunk enough water. I don't think I've eaten enough, but I just the thought of eating is just not sitting well with me right now. Um, and my legs feel pretty shattered. So tomorrow City to Surf will be very much for fun and for a jog and for the vibes and for the post-run celebrations Um, but for any of you who are racing good luck hope you have the best time and enjoy and hopefully we'll see you after for some refreshments all right thank you so much for listening check out our links below if you would like any tailwind or vivo barefoot shoes Um, please like subscribe and rate the podcast if you've enjoyed it at all it really means a lot to us Um, and we will see you in the next one with dan kavanagh thank you 